This is a bonus episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week I watch and analyze a whole heck of a lot of Fox News and then break it down. What am I doing right now with this bonus episode, you ask? What am I doing? I talked about this in the last episode. It just took a while to put it together because, as usual, I got a little bit too much into the research. So this is Fox News and Nikki Haley, how the network has had its thumb on the scale for Trump, which is true. Now, what happened was, during New Hampshire, I noticed a very dramatic shift uh, where pretty much everybody on Fox started turning on Nikki Haley, which this was before the vote had come in. So this was the morning of New Hampshire. They didn't even care. They didn't even hide it. They're like, we're done. We just want one guy. We want it to be Trump. You're out. And she fought back. And I thought, now, wait a second. Where did this pivot? Because I noticed Ingram had gone after her, and I noticed some weirdness on Fox and Friends. So like the lunatic that I am, I went back through all of my spreadsheets all the way back to February 2022 when I started decoding Fox News, and I searched for any segment about Nikki Haley. And I compiled a separate spreadsheet of all of those uh, segments, and I went through meticulously each and every one, watched every single minute of them to try to figure out what was going on here. And I think I have found sort of the arc. So we're going to explore that a little bit. And uh, we're going to start off with a montage that I made. This was around the New Hampshire election. This is Most of this is from the day of the New Hampshire election. Some of this was a few days after. The last thing you want, if you plan on running again, if you plan on having right. some type of future within the Republican Party, is to go to your home state and lose because she goes to South Carolina she can't even win in her own state but she's almost down by 30 points at her home state of South Carolina decisively defeated in her home state and that will just shrink her does she want to go into her own state and risk losing by a big margin would Nikki Haley risk going into her home state where she's down 30 points and losing her home state I think Nikki Haley will stick around to South Carolina, and she is going to lose her home state by double digits. Now we're talking about going into your home state, and you're already down 30 in the polls, not a margin that's easily made up. But if you're Nikki Haley and you leave New Hampshire and you don't win New Hampshire or Iowa, and you're going to go to your home state, do you stay in? Nikki Haley uh, doesn't win here in New Hampshire. She can't really go into her home state and lose if she I, wants my, to run again I, later. I, I right? And I think if she goes to South Carolina and she doesn't win there in her home state, it dramatically affects her for the long hauls. If she loses by significant double digits in her own home state, it'd be hard to see where she regroups after that. Does she look at the idea of maybe losing her home state? Well, you would think that she would try to avoid the staggering humiliation of what is setting up to be a historic defeat in her home state. I mean, how can you lose in your own home state? Now, this is Nikki Haley's home state, where not long ago she was a popular governor. He's going to go beat her in her home state of South Carolina by a lot. And uh, Why would she risk losing in her home state by such a big margin? But do you want to fall into the ash heap of people like Al Gore and John Edwards who lost their own state? Her own state where you've got everyone, the lieutenant governor, the governor, the Congress people, both United States senators, uh, she's going to get trounced in Carolina. What? I'm going to do a quick rundown of some of the voices in that clip. We go... Lawrence Jones, Judge Janine, Sean Hannity, Newt Gingrich, Ted Cruz, Ansley Anhart, Mike Huckabee, Kellyanne Conway, Stephen Miller, Eric Trump, 
and Charlie Hurt. A lot of repetition there with uh, Judge Jeanine Pirro and Sean Hannity. Those were compiled by the order in which they appeared. So it was a lot of the exact same phrasing repeated on Fox. And I like to do that because it sort of shows you how they drill the propaganda into people. Will it be an absolute catastrophe if Nikki Haley um, doesn't win her home state? Eh, it's not great. Have people survived that? Yes, they have. I, I don't think it's as catastrophic as Fox is making it out to be, especially now as politics has sort of changed so much in the past, well, since Trump came to power, uh, in that, you know, you can just break every rule and somehow still survive. So on the day New Hampshire voters participated in the Republican primary, I noticed how hosts on Fox News pivoted dramatically against Nikki Haley. The day after Trump won Iowa, she instantly became a foolish woman who might be secretly working for Democrats. Only one thing was certain, she would definitely lose her home state of South Carolina to Trump and her political career would be over. According to Fox News, she was committing political suicide. The morning of the primary, Haley openly complained about how the network had treated her campaign on Fox and Friends. The polls in the Granite State were still open as smug, overpaid personalities on The Five tore down Trump's only remaining Republican opponent. So they were doing this before voting was finished. They didn't know the results. They didn't know it was only going to be 11 points between the two. They all thought it was going to be bigger. 11's not great, but it's not 30. Uh, so anyway, they spent the whole day trashing her anyway, as if she'd already lost miserably, because they just want her to go away. So I decided, that's when I decided to go back and look through everything I had, and it was epic. And I did also look at the 29-minute short biography on Fox Nation, which is their streaming program, called Who is Nikki Haley? Now, they do these Who is uh, videos for any number of people, including like Elon Musk. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, they did one about Harrison Ford. It's all over the place. It's usually political people, but they don't care. They'll do it about anybody. Um, and they're simple. They're, they're hack. They're put together with just talking heads. There's never anybody really close to the person in the documentary. They use like still photos and clips from the media. It's, they're terrible. But it gives you a sense of kind of where they're at with somebody. And I know that uh, Haley has an incredibly slim chance of winning the nomination, but she gets under Trump's skin and distracts him from his ultimate goal of beating Joe Biden. There's a lot of debate on both sides of the political spectrum about the usefulness of her campaign. So kind of by accident, I listened to two podcasts that were sort of talking about Nikki Haley. They weren't completely dedicated to Nikki Haley, but she came up a lot. One was on The Bulwark, which is more centrist, um, kind of moderate Republicans, some former Republicans, definitely anti-Trump. Uh, the other was Pod Save America, which is definitely like 100% Democrats. They used to work for Obama. Both excellent podcasts. Highly recommend them if you don't already listen. Um, Pod Save America has a huge following. I don't know how big the bulwark is, but I know a lot of my people also listen to the bulwark because that comes up on uh, Substack. It tells me what people also listen to and the bulwark comes up like crazy. So uh, the bulwark was of the mind that Nikki Haley can do damage to Trump. So they're all for it. Stay in the race as long as possible, Nikki Haley. Again, I'm sort of paraphrasing what they said, but they were kind of of the mind of, yeah, 
bloody his nose. Keep going for him. Keep going for him. It's good if you if you harass him and pester him and make his life a little difficult. Um, the Pots of America people were more like, well, her she's ultimately going to just you know fall in line, endorse Trump, and her voters will endorse Trump. Will go ahead and vote for Trump. I don't know if that's true. I kind of lean more towards the bulwark because I think who would know better about Republican voters than Republicans, but I could be wrong. I know that there's a lot of, because I know a lot of my audience are people who are absolutely disgusted with Trump, who were at one time a Republican or who now consider themselves independent voters. So I think Nikki Haley can do damage. I think it's good to distract Trump. I think it's just another thing to drive him crazy. And I'm all for driving him crazy. I know that's a big thing that the Lincoln Project is all about. I'm, I'm plugging like crazy here. I'm plugging like crazy. But the Lincoln Project is also like the main point of their being is to drive Trump crazy. That's what they, they exist for in, in some ways. So nobody's right. Nobody's wrong in terms of what is going on with Trump and the Nikki Haley campaign? Like, is, is she hurting him? I ultimately think, given his frame of mind, given the chaos that exists in that man's brain, that the more you pester him and pick at him and drive him nuts, the better. Because he's weak and he doesn't respond to criticism well. And he doesn't respond to anybody who he believes is disloyal. And that all takes him off of his little, little pedestal, as it were. Like, if you think about how confident he was after Iowa and he's thanking everybody and he's seeming calm and he's seeming, you know, look at me, look at me. And then think of him after New Hampshire, where he's talking about her dress and he's insulting incredibly stupid things. I like Trump New Hampshire because he makes it makes him look crazier to those independent and swing voters who are going to be like, you know what? I don't want four more years of that. I don't want four more years of a man baby freaking out over everything all day long. So that's part of the reason why I'm like, go Nikki Haley, go. Go as long as possible. Go to Super Tuesday. Drain all of your money. Why not? Blaze the glory. But anyway, before... (laughs) So I'm sort of explaining why I made this podcast. So the timeline of evidence. We're going to start... And I, go in, I went through a lot of clips to find these. February 15th, 2023, Nikki Haley declares she's running for president. Her candidacy is briefly mentioned on pretty much every show on Fox that week, and that's it. The first real stab at her campaign, and again, this is of the shows I watch. I don't watch every show every week. I rotate my primetime shows. I happen to catch the Ingram Angle. And this again, this was on February 20th. So she has on Harmeet Dillon, who's a conservative attorney, who also happens to be Indian. And this is interesting because this is a pattern that they do a lot on Fox. When they go after a person of color, they'll invite somebody of the same race on to bash that person. So if they're going to go after a black person, they always have a black conservative on. That's pretty much standard. I don't know if that was part of the reasoning why Ingram had Harmeet Dillon on at all. But I, again, I've noticed this pattern quite a bit. So so if you heard a little meow there at the end of that last clip, that was Thor. He's my tiny tuxedo. Do not be worried. He's fine. He was just making noise as he was playing with something. Now he's on the desk saying hello. So he's a very small, kind of undersized, black and white cat 
uh, tuxedo markings named Thor. Okay, Thor, just chill out. I live in a very small apartment, so when they go crazy, I just hold on for dear life and just hope that they don't wreck every single take I do for the podcast. So anyway, moving on. Uh, so basically, Nikki Haley, when she announced her campaign, she did a whole list of things she wants to do if she became president, and one of them was to uh, do some sort of mandatory cognitive testing for politicians running for office that were over the age of 75. Not that big of a deal at the end of the day, probably wouldn't happen, but uh, Ingram found a way in, and she's like, I'm going to go after that. So she invited Harmie Dillon on, and they ripped on it. I mean, uh, Donald Trump is 76. I don't think anyone would question whether he's mentally agile enough to be the president. So I, I, Dianne Feinstein has been exhibiting signs of uh, mental incompetence since well before her last election. So I do think it's up to voters to assess that and make their own determinations. And it, this is not a panacea for old people being in politics. I think we have to find other ways to deal with the power of incumbency, which is really the reason why we have so many octogenarians and septuagenarians in D.C. Is, is really because of that yeah, issue, but not because somehow yeah. we don't know about their mental issues. Oh, I think uh, Nikki Haley, you know, is kind of a cool line to throw out there in a political context. But in practice, what would those questions be on the competency test army? Wouldn't, we, wouldn't you and I like to write them? Wouldn't that be fun? Only if we could write them would we say it's not constitutional. I'm joking, obviously. Harmy, why no, that was part of a much longer segment, but it stayed tonally about the same, and they never got worse than that with their criticism, but it was basically a very, I personally felt kind of an odd thing to criticize Nikki Haley for because it was kind of a minor policy. It probably wouldn't get passed. There's, there'd be no way to enforce it. It is unconstitutional, but really that's the one thing you're going to pick, pick on her for. And it was interesting how they wedged Donald J. Trump in there because he's over 75 and it was a way for them to go, well, he's 76 and he's perfect. Everybody loves Donald J. Trump. He's just perfect. I also found a weird tick of watching all these clips of Ingram that I didn't notice she did before where she starts a phrase by going, well, well, <laughs> well. And it's creepy. It's like a Disney villainess. Anyway, but not as glamorous, as I say. So uh, next up, the next one in the list was from March 3rd, 2023. So again, just a couple weeks after she announced her candidacy. This is from Fox Nation, the streaming service of Fox. And this is called Who is Nikki Haley? Now, Fox Nation produces these about pretty much every major public figure. I don't know if they've done a Taylor Swift one yet, <laughs> but they've done like an Elon Musk. They did one on Harrison Ford. It's very odd. They'll just pick on anybody and they're like, let's make a really cheap, poorly produced documentary about this person that's like 25 minutes long, or 20 minutes long. That's what they are. They're totally goofy. They don't interview anybody close to the person that they're featuring. It's a lot of just easy to find biographical information on them. And a lot of interviewing Fox News personalities to talk about this person. That's how badly produced they are. Now, who is Nikki Haley? It was 25 minutes long. And in the last five minutes or so included some criticism of Haley. So I thought, let's compare that to what they did for Ron DeSantis. Because they did one for Tim Scott. They did one for Vivek Ramaswamy. So I thought, let's look at their who is Ron DeSantis. Now, Ron DeSantis, they didn't criticize at all. 
They were like, he is the greatest governor of Florida ever. Did I mention how much I love Ron DeSantis? And more than one person literally said this exact phrasing, which is something that Trump would say. Ron DeSantis is right out of central casting for president of the United States. It was just person after person after person just throwing praise, throwing praise on Ron DeSantis. Very obnoxious. So I just isolated the critical parts of who is Nikki Haley for this podcast. And it's just a few clips. The first voice you're going to hear is Trace Gallagher. He's a regular like Fox News host. There are a number of things that could prevent her from becoming the GOP nominee. Uh, maybe first and foremost among them is animosity that still lingers among ardent Trump supporters to what she said following January 6th. Nikki Haley is now coming out, criticizing her former boss, telling Politico in an extensive new piece, we need to acknowledge he let us down, he went down the path he shouldn't have, and we shouldn't have followed him, and we shouldn't have listened to him, and we cannot let that happen again. So that second voice that you heard is a clip from CNN, where somebody's just reading off a Nikki Haley quote, which they showed on the screen. Now, since then, she's, I think, to a large degree, uh, moderated those those comments. She has suggested that the Republican Party needs to have Donald Trump in it, though not necessarily <laughs> as its leader or president. But I have heard from a lot of people uh, on the Republican side who are very, very ardent Donald Trump supporters that they would never support Nikki Haley for the GOP nominee. Next voice you're going to hear is Carl Rove. He's sort of an old school Republican, I guess you'd call advisor, strategist. I'm not sure exactly what to call him, but he was very big with G.W. Bush. She saw what happened on January 6th and condemned it. But she also understands that our party is a coalition and a significant part of our coalition are people who were attracted to voting for in 2016 and 2020 Donald Trump. And so she wants to, you know, she doesn't want him to leave our party. Now they cut to an image of Nikki Haley, and we're going to hear Ansley Einhardt's voice. Now, I just want to point out as well that they keep pulling it all back to Trump. Everything's about Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. And that isn't her only flip-flop on Trump. In 2021, Haley said in a press conference that she would support her former boss if he were running in 2024. I would not run if President Trump and I would talk to him about it. Haley later walked back on those comments, announcing her own presidential run, but not without Trump's blessings. So my apologies for the wonky audio in that clip. What it is is there's a track of Nikki Haley speaking that somehow bled into it. That's from the actual original Fox Nation broadcast, so I can't, I can't extract it. It's a classic example of how high quality they are. They're not high quality. That's the joke. Um, I will say that Ansley Einhart is misrepresenting Nikki Haley. She calls that a flip-flop, but it's not a flip-flop. Basically, Nikki Haley said, you know, I'm not planning on running in 2024, but if I do, I'm going to talk to Trump about it first. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what she says. She says it a little inartfully, but that's basically what she says. The next clip that the producers show was Trump sitting in his plane. They ask him about it. He says, yeah. She called me about it, whatever, I don't really care. Basically, I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what happened. So it's like, what are you talking flip-flop? This is classic Fox. They're just spinning, spinning, spinning. So again, this was made about two weeks after she announced her campaign. So Fox was already in the tank for Trump. Everything's about Trump. Now we're going to move on to, this was very dramatic. 
Um, the in December 6, 2023, the fourth GOP presidential debate happened on News Nation. And this is when you see like record scratch, dramatic change on Fox News towards Nikki Haley. Why? Because she did very well in that debate. And she had Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy coming at her the whole time. Why were they coming at her? Because she was gaining in the polls with Ron DeSantis. Now, Fox was definitely hoping that Ron DeSantis would be their savior of some sort. Uh, Laura Ingram flew down to Florida, have an interview with him right after he announced. Uh, they always spoke glowingly of him. They even had that ridiculous interview where Brian Kilmeade was throwing an actual softball at him and he was catching it with his mitt and they were like, you used to be a baseball player at Yale. And he's like, yes, I was. <laughs> I'm amazing. You're amazing. No, you're amazing. No, you're amazing. It was an actual clip. We all made fun of it. But anyway, so the night after the fourth GOP presidential debate, when two of the candidates out of four decided that Nikki Haley was the biggest threat, they went after her, and so did Laura Ingram again. So again, this is from the next night on the Ingram Angle. She opens with an eight-minute monologue titled Tricky for Nikki that is 100% dedicated to tearing down Nikki Haley. Last night's News Nation debate was a smackdown with both Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy, both populist conservatives, taking on Haley and challenging her real views and record on issues like protecting girls' private space in locker rooms and bathrooms. That was an interesting move because, after all, Haley's the only woman on the stage, a fact that she has decided to lean into, even though I thought Republicans value objective merit, not racial or gender-based bean counting. Why is any Republican offering up her gender as a substantive reason to vote for her? Now, could this be an effort to wash away her more mainstream Romney Republicanism? This election is going to be decided by a wonderful multi-ethnic working class coalition of voters who are tired of the political doublespeak and just want their country back. Promises that you're going to get tough on immigration and China won't be believed if your record says otherwise. I think they want a candidate they know is going to fight for them, not be dictated to by big donors, especially as in Haley's case, when some of them are hardcore Democrat donors like Reid Hoffman. So, yes, Hoffman did uh, donate money to a PAC associated with Nikki Haley, but it was $250,000, which, yes, is a lot of money, but it's completely dwarfed by what uh, a lot of anti-Trump conservatives have given Nikki Haley, one of those being the Koch Foundation's Americans for Prosperity Political Spending Group, AFP Action. According to reporting by Politico, since endorsing Haley on November 28th, the Koch-aligned group has spent or reserved over $2 million on cable, broadcast, satellite, and radio ads in South Carolina, according to Ad Impact. In Early January, AFP Action announced it would spend $27 million on Haley on mail, digital, TV, and grassroots efforts in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Arkansas, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Virginia. And again, this is a highly conservative group. So according to reporting by Reuters, and I have hyperlinks in the newsletter, the newsletter for this one's going to be for paid subscribers only. Some of it will be available for uh, non-paid subscribers, but this is like super nerdy 
And that's sort of what my paid subscribers uh, really get into. So I'm hoping that they will like this. Anyway, lots of hyperlinks in this one. Uh, but anyway, it, according to this Reuters article, Haley supporters outspent the main outside group supporting the former president by more than two to one over the past year. So that's a lot. So conservatives are giving her a ton of money. This is not, she's not a democratic puppet. This is hardcore old school conservatives who cannot stand Trump. So Ingram's gonna keep going. The fact is, since the early days of the Tea Party movement, and I was there, the voters gradually began to move away from the views of the old establishment GOP. On enforcing the border, on trade, on foreign wars, the voters have been telling elected officials, listen up, it's time to prioritize Americans over foreign interests. Haley hasn't learned this, and it looks like the voters know it. Haley's problem isn't that she's a woman. If anything, I believe GOP voters would really like a Margaret Thatcher of our own. But Thatcher was her own woman. She was never a puppet of the ruling class. Haley, on the other hand, appears to be much more comfortable with funders than with the voters. And the working men and women who make up the base of today's GOP are no longer interested in that type of candidate. Now to add insult to injury, after that extended monologue where Laura Ingram rips on Nikki Haley for mentioning occasionally that she's a woman, because it's basically what she was ripping on her for, she invites on Vivek Ramaswamy. And I was like, are you kidding me? Because again, this is the night after the fourth Republican debate where those two kept fighting the whole time. Just Vivek made, you know, shot after shot after shot at Nikki Haley, personal attacks, absolutely crazy. And Laura Ingham's like, you know what? Let's have on Vivek Ramaswamy, a man who had no chance in hell of winning anything. So this is Vivek Ramaswamy, and he says something absolutely outrageous, and nobody calls him on it. Hey, uh, great to see you. You got a lot of heat for your attacks on Haley last night. Why did you decide to go straight at her? Well, I think that she has professed her foreign policy experience as a credential for this entire campaign. And Laura, I was highly confident she didn't even know, like Biden, I believe, does not either. What are even the provinces she wants us to fight for in eastern Ukraine? The heat that I took from the mainstream media makes me crack up. It leans into her playing that gender card that you talked about, Laura. It's the fact that in the second debate, she outright called me dumb without evidence and the media cheers girl power for her in the mainstream press. Yesterday, I didn't call her names. I just challenged her to even name the provinces in eastern Ukraine that I want her, Do you know that them, she wants Vivek? our sons and daughters to actually be fighting for. So that was kind of swallowed, but let me point out what he just said there. He just said that Nikki Haley couldn't mention the provinces in eastern Ukraine that she wants our sons and daughters fighting for. What the hell is he talking about? There are no U.S. troops fighting in Ukraine. We have a handful, a very small amount of special forces that live inside the U.S. embassy that are there to help train and advise Ukrainian uh, troops and the Ukrainian military. We do not have American sons or daughters fighting in Ukraine. No one's coming home in a body bag from Ukraine that is American that is a U.S. troop. There have been some Americans who have volunteered to fight in Ukraine. That's completely different. The U.S. government is not sending American soldiers to fight and die in Ukraine. So shut your mouth, you crazy person.
it breaks my heart in a million pieces and stomps on it to know that to get press, to get attention in right-wing media, you just have to be the craziest person in the room sometimes. Just say the most outlandish things, commit to them, and be like, yeah. And somebody's going to give you a microphone. There are people who've built entire careers off of that. And I'm sitting here going, hey guys, can you be a paid subscriber? Really appreciate it. It's great. I'm broke. I don't make any money. You want to buy me some cat food on Amazon? I'm kind of making fun of myself here a little bit. But it's true. If you're, if you're trying to do actual journalism, you're begging for money. If you're going online and just making stuff up out of whole cloth and just committing to it, boom, it comes in. Not that he needs the money. He doesn't need the money. Anyway, whoo. So after Vivek Ramaswamy's insanity, um, Ingram brings on Charlie Hurt and Sean Duffy, and they continue this insanity. This went on for almost 16 minutes. You only get 40 minutes minus commercials on the Ingram angle. Pretty much all primetime shows are 40 minutes long. Uh, they give Hannity three extra minutes. He gets 43 minutes, but everybody else gets 40 minutes. And she spent almost half of that time just ripping on Nikki Haley, a woman who had not received a single vote yet. I did think it was odd that Nikki Haley has done so much to say, you know, you know, I'm I'm strong. I'm standing on my own two feet. My record speaks for itself. And I, I get that. But then also playing the gender card a little bit. Um, and to me, that, that that those two things don't really comport. No, it doesn't work at all. And as you said earlier, the whole point of what conservatives have, the whole complaint about, about identity politics and that kind of uh, political uh, maneuvering is that it's not based on ideas and arguments. It's not about values. And, and uh, you know, it's about uh, something else. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. The only person up there who probably isn't going to benefit uh, Trump by dropping out is Nikki probably Haley. Nikki Haley herself, because that's a whole different group of people. But if you add up all the rest of them, like Trump 86%. is dominating this field in an insurmountable way. But, Lauren, yeah, here's what's going to happen on that point. So if, if, if Donald Trump is up by 30 points in the Iowa polling, if he only wins by 20, they're going to claim that's a massive loss for Trump and that these other, you know, candidates yeah. are surging. So it's not how much he wins by. Did he win by as much or more than the polling had him? That's going to be the factor. And just one, one last point on Nikki yeah. Haley. I thought the real miss was in polling, the number one issue for Americans is the economy. She got an economy question and a housing question, and she dithered and dribbled through that answer. I didn't know. I thought she was Joe Biden giving an answer. Again, the number yeah. one issue that Americans care about, she had no answer for. I just want to add that Trump's answer to all questions about the economy is drill, baby, drill, which makes no sense because the United States is not an oil and gas company and our oil and gas industry is not nationalized. So the profits go back to the oil and gas companies. The uh, United States government, the taxpayers, make a small percentage off of oil drilled on public lands. About 80% of all oil and gas is drilled on privately held lands. So you're talking about 20% of the oil and gas industry, and you're talking about a percentage. So it's not a lot of money. It's not going to pay off our debt. We're not going to save Social Security by drilling for oil or gas. It's not going to happen. It's laughable that he says that, and I'm furious that no one calls him on it. I don't know if not enough people read about the oil and gas industry or they just don't want to bother because it's going to, a bunch of nonsense is going to come out of his mouth. But anyway, also, I just want to point out that you you never think that anybody else was involved in the debate. All they're talking about is Nikki Haley. Uh, Ron DeSantis never mentioned. 
Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, of course, mentioned because he was part of this discussion. But it's just, are you kidding me? Are you? It's just they went straight for her throat. This next one is from December 11th. Fox and Friends, the classic cast, talking about Nikki Haley again. Is that head-to-head matchup of Biden versus Haley? Donald Trump is killing it in the Republican Party. Right. But when you look at that matchup, if it were Nikki Haley and Joe Biden, she beats him by what 17 points? Is my math right there? And that's astonishing because that shows you that the independents and some of the Democratic women mm -hmm. would vote for her. They like her. They like her policy. She's but a stronger general election candidate. There's a there's a there's a strategy that the Biden is waiting to put in, and that is that Donald Trump is a danger. The Republicans are a party of chaos. Look at the House. Uh, that Donald Trump, remember January 6th, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to bring that up over and over again. They're going to say he's a dictator and he's Hitler. But they're actually playing their card 11 months out. Is that card still going to be in play in July for the convention? Lawrence. Now, what the heck's going on with that clip? They're talking about how Haley actually beats Biden in hypothetical, you know, straight one-on-one -on -one races. In a hypothetical situation, if it was between Nikki Haley and Biden, who would you vote for? Overwhelmingly, people are saying Nikki Haley, much more so than they would say Trump versus Biden. So they're discussing it. And then Brian Kilmeade, bizarrely, brings it back to Trump and starts talking about Trump. And I'm like, what's going on here? So this is the very next day on Fox and Friends. It gets even crazier. You know, I was, I was thinking this morning driving in, I was thinking, given the fact that Trump is so far ahead uh, on the Republican side for the primary, uh, and given the poll we talked about yesterday where Nikki Haley actually trounces in a landslide Joe Biden by, what, 17 points, mm -hmm. wouldn't it be interesting if Donald Trump becomes the nominee, Nikki Haley runs as a third party? Because then, it, you know, she... No labels has said they want a Republican to be the presidential nominee. But can you imagine Nick and Nikki Haley versus Donald Trump and Joe Biden? It would never happen. She's a true yeah, Republican. She, she would never go right. against the party. She would wait, she I, wait I in the wings till it's her if turn. If she wants to stop him, you never know. And by the That's a classic move by Fox News. When in doubt, just make up a crazy scenario and throw it out there. Don't back it up. Why would you back it up? You don't need to back it up your Fox News. Just throw out the scenario and go, what if? What if? Like, what if Michelle Obama just at the convention decides, I'm running. I'm going to run for president. I think the um, angle there was to make Nikki Haley again scary. What if she runs third party? And it becomes this huge threat for Trump because she's with no labels. There's no indication that she's going to run with no labels. There's no indication that she wants to run third party. She's never said that. RFK Jr. saying that. RJK Jr. saying he might run as a libertarian now. It's completely nutty. But Nikki Haley's like dyed the wool Republican. She's going straight for the Republican Party. I, th what? You're just making stuff up. Now, the next thing we move on to is New Hampshire. The polls open at 6 a.m. In some places, they opened as late as 11 a.m. I had to go on all these crazy New Hampshire voting sites to find that out. But I'm going to say the majority of them probably opened at 6 a.m. So 6 a.m., polls open, Fox & Friends comes on the air at the same time. Now, at the very end, roughly, of their second hour, so around 8 a.m.-ish, they have Nikki Haley on for an extended, very long interview. Now, in order to break this down, I just cut all of the hostile questions and compiled them into a montage. I took out 
friendly questions from Steve Ducey, and I took out most of her answers. Because she's a politician, she's long-winded, and she was giving her patent answers. It was more interesting, I thought, to look at the questions they asked her and how they asked them. Oh, what is a strong showing? How would you label uh, the show? What's the showing you need to go fight to South Carolina? What well, do you I mean by that? For example, do you want to be within? I know you want to win, but is with within five points of the former president? Is that a strong showing? You know, it works. Oh, don't worry about us not telling the. I'm just saying that like the numbers are the numbers. It's no more. Yeah. So but what, I don't, do, what do you think is strong? Security. Did you want to raise the Social Security age because for the young, for the twenty-somethings now, right? What did I say? Nikki Haley manages to get out. Like, hey, by the way. You're misrepresenting me on my stance on Social Security, and this is how Einhart responds. The facts are, and I hear you, but the facts are, and it's hard when you're doing these shows. We try to cover it all, but we only have X amount of time. So we we try, we we definitely are doing our best to be um, accurate and give the facts. The facts are that Donald Trump beat you by 30 points in Iowa. Now in New Hampshire, the facts are that you were down in the polls. These are the polls. We know polls can be wrong. If you don't win today, do you go on to South Carolina? And I'm from South Carolina, and we love you there. We love Tim Scott there, but Donald Trump is also loved there. You don't want to go into your state and lose that state if you stay in the race, because we'd love to see you in some other capacity down the road. What is your response to that? Do you get out if you lose today? But no. do you worry the, the Iowa polls were right? The distance was about what the polls were. Right now, you're down double digits in probably the last three major polls. And in South Carolina, I think you're down 40 or 50 points. Um, so do you think those polls are that dramatically wrong and you can make up that difference? Well, in I'm not down 40 or 50 points in South Carolina. So there's no I scenario where it stops tonight. Of course not. We've already made yeah. our ad buy. Yeah, how many? You I mean, four million in ads? We've put in an ad buy. I don't know how much yeah. it is, but it's strong. We saved She's our money. Coronate, lie, not tell the truth. What do you say on the catch? I'm really wondering why you think we're the enemy. I couldn't have made that edit up. That was the last question that Brian Kilmeade said. Why do you think we're the enemy? I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe because you're hitting her with a barrage of hostile questions before anybody's actually voted in New Hampshire on one of the most popular shows in right-wing media on television. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's why she's a little annoyed with you as a network. It's going to get worse. But yes, that was before anybody was really voting in New Hampshire. They didn't have their turns in yet, and they're already giving her a hard time like drop out now why don't you just drop out now like what okay that is fox and friends later on on the five the same thing happens their a block their first section is dedicated to new hampshire but it's really dedicated to nikki haley and why she shouldn't be running for president so here we go i again this is just excerpts from it i didn't include the whole 12 minutes but it's the same same nonsense Nikki Haley trying to defy political gravity and knock the king off his throne. Last night, he even assembled his own Avengers-style team of former rivals to take down Nikki Haley. And it claims she's planning to be in the race well beyond New Hampshire to Super Tuesday. No, I don't care if she stays in or she doesn't. It's really a function of money. It's a function of whether or not people are going to continue to support her if she doesn't have the big bucks. And the shame of it is that she didn't have the big bucks from the beginning. The money waited a while before it came to her. And in the end, she loses in Iowa. She's going to lose in New Hampshire. The next race is South Carolina, which she uh, Donald Trump apparently is, is beating her by 
30 points, I believe. I mean, how can you lose in your own home state? So it's going to be a problem. She can say, I'm in it for the long haul and all that happy stuff. And she can say, fellas, in a condescending way, you know, never really saying I'm a woman candidate, but, you know, these fellas, whatever it is. Her play to women may work, it may not. But the numbers are not in her favor. Donald Trump is overwhelmingly the person the Republicans want. In fact, the Republican Party is now the Donald Trump Party. When I'm listening to Nikki Haley, I think she goes from being like a a capable leader to a pandering phony. And it kind of bums me out. So, yes, that's just a sample from the five. So I don't know how anybody on Fox News can, with a straight face, say that they are not heavily biased towards Donald J. Trump at this point. They are in the tank for Donald J. Trump and they don't care. They will rip on Haley. It, it's going to just get worse and worse for her. But I, I still love the fact that she's running just because she's a thorn in his side. It's fun to watch Fox freak out about her. I'm like, go, Nikki Haley, go, Nikki Haley. But don't win, Nikki Haley, because then you might actually be Biden. And we don't want that because I like my student loan uh, situation. Thank you, Biden. Thank you, Joe Biden. The SAVE program, I've talked about this before, all caps, S-A-V-E is amazing. It's changed my life. My payments dropped dramatically because it's income-based, so they can't, uh, it, they, it's based on what you make. So, and then after 20 years, you're supposed to be forgiven as long as you've made payments the whole time, which of course I'm going to do because I'm a super nerd. So anyway, um, going on a little tangent there, but before I move on to the last clip of the podcast, I need to give a shout out to my sponsor. Who is that sponsor, you may ask? It is the listeners to this podcast and the readers of my Substack channel, the newsletter, which is the written version of this podcast. Um, just briefly, the newsletter for this one is going to be available to paid subscribers. I'll leave a portion of it open for non-paid subscribers. If you want to look at it, check it out and maybe think about becoming a paid subscriber. That's great. Um, the weekly podcast, the weekly, the ones that have numbers on them, we're coming up to 99, which I'm going to be recording tomorrow. Those are always available to the general public. So I'm always going to have those available to everybody. It's the weird ones like this one that it, are sometimes for paid subscribers. So anyway, if you want to become a paid subscriber, you could do so at my Substack channel for Decoding Fox News. I also have paid supporters at Patreon. You can do any level there if you'd like at for the uh, Substack, it's $5 a month. It's the lowest one they have. And that's about it. If you can't afford to become a paid subscriber, share the podcast, share the newsletter, tell your friends. That helps tremendously. Share it on social media somewhere. Very, very helpful. And my cats, Odin and Thor, also thank you. And I do have, there's not much left on it because you guys have been amazingly generous. And I, when I was joking about that earlier, I don't make a lot of money doing this. It is getting better. Uh, the project continues to grow, so I have faith in it, and thank you so much. But I do have a Amazon gift list. It is mostly cat food, cat treats, and snacks at this point, because all the office products have already been, supplies, I should say, have been purchased, and thank you so much for that. So anyway, moving on, last clip. This is from the Ingram Angle again. I'm telling you, she has it out for this woman. And this was from last week. This is January 30th. Um, she invited on Ned Ryan of the C he's the CEO of American majority. And that's a conservative nonprofit. They train Republican candidates to be better Republican candidates. I think that's another little tangent. I'm going to go on that drives me nuts is Fox features quite a few of these people. 
if you are a white male and you most of them are white men most of them sometimes they're women sometimes they're people of color but very rarely but most of them are like if you're a white man you have a decent education you're well connected maybe your dad was in something uh you can start a foundation that's just basically promoting anything right wing right wing economics uh conservatism uh, you can conservative values, some sort of libertarian think tank type situation. You will probably find a billionaire to give you money. Sure, you will be promoting the worst things on the planet. Most of them are. But you will have, uh, and then you have to compete with these other people that run similar nonprofits. But that's how they survive. And there's a lot of right wing media that's also just pumped up through billionaire dollars. They don't have to make ad revenue, they don't have to have subscribers, they just have to pump out what their billionaire benefactors want them to pump out, which is usually pretty hateful stuff. Sometimes it's bigoted, sometimes it's racist. That's it. There's a whole like subculture of this right-wing media, right-wing uh, think tanks. They all have tons of money. Meanwhile, everything on the left is like begging for money. And then they go on media and then they whine that the media is all left-wing. It's this twisted fake reality that they create. I'm sorry, but we don't have the billion... We have like... They'll say Soros, whatever. They've got like a billion Soroses. They do. They have, a, there's plenty of right-wingers who will throw money at absolutely ridiculous things. Peter Thiel, I'm looking at you. Okay, I'm going on a rant. <laughs> this is, it just, it's, it gets frustrating. This is Ned Run talking, Ryan, he spells his name very strangely, Ryan ripping on Nikki Haley. But she's also a useful idiot in the fact that there is no world in which Nikki wins the GOP nomination and the fact that she continues to stay in, even though she's going to get completely shut out in Nevada, crushed in South Carolina, come Super Tuesday, going to get completely crushed in such a way that Trump will win so many delegates, it will be a mathematical impossibility for her to win. This is all patently obvious, yet she continues to stay in. Why? Well, I would again argue her, her donors like Reed Hoffman, the Kochs, these people who hate Trump, the longer she stays in, the more she damages Trump because she doesn't let the party or the donor base coalesce around Trump and let him focus on the general, all of which helps Biden. And I have to tell you, too, Laura, I'm starting to suspect that part of her motivation for staying in is that she hopes the democratic lawfare works against Trump. And if that's part of her calculation, that, that makes her completely repulsive. What she should be doing right now, instead of being a useful idiot for the left, is drop out immediately and endorse Trump. But I suspect no, she's committing political suicide. Yeah, she's committing she, political she is, suicide. She... No one, let me just say this tonight on the Ingram angle. No one will forget what she's just said oh. today. Forget about last week, today. And oh. I know Trump is tough, yeah. and I would say that Trump should pull back. I wouldn't even discuss Nikki Haley if what? I were Trump. I would just let her twist in the wind. I wouldn't discuss her. I wouldn't raise her, you know, and talk about her. He's going to swamp her with, with support in South Carolina. He's going to win South Carolina. He, she's the candidate of Wall Street. Good. I hope she gets a big job at Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs. Laura Ingram has been doing that for a while now. She tries to give uh, Trump advice through her show, which, I, I you know, I, he probably watches her show, maybe. Um, I know he's a big fan of Fox and Friends. I know he's a huge fan of Hannity. If he watches her show, that's great. But I don't think he's going to show restraint with Nikki Haley based on your recommendation there, because I don't think... Trump has any idea or concept what restraint is. Very quick plug, uh, Strict Scrutiny, which is a uh, podcast that's based on Supreme Court and other legal issues. It's a bunch of 
lawyers. They're amazing. I saw them live when I was in Austin for the Texas Tribune Festival. They did like a live podcast, which was fun. They did an episode on the E. Jean Carroll case. It's like their most recent episode. It's hilarious. And no, you don't have to be a lawyer to understand it. It's hilarious. It's very funny. Kaplan, the lawyer, is very funny. They're very funny. Highly recommend. Anyway, um, that's the end of the podcast. I think I should do a very quick um, impression. I've kind of been doing them throughout, but I want to do like a clear one for you. One I haven't done in a while, which is very quick. I'm Carrie Lake, and you're fake news, and you're a liar, and how dare you? How dare you say anything about me? Because I'm the governor of Arizona. Carizona, which is an actual logo. Look it up. Hashtag Carizona with a K. I don't know if I'm going to be his VP pick. I probably won't because he needs somebody a little bit more subdued. Someone who might not stab him in the neck in the middle of the night. Did I say that? I didn't say that. I didn't mean that. No, I love Trump. Trump is my universe, my soul. But anyway... If you'd like to check out Decoding Fox News and other platforms, I'm going to list them for you. I'm going to give a shout out very quickly to Odin and Thor, the mascots of the podcast. You can check out Decoding Fox News on threads. It's sort of like Twitter, but it's not Twitter. You can go to Twitter, also called X. Who the hell calls it X? You can go to Instagram. You can go to TikTok. I hate that platform, but I have to be on it, I guess. I don't know. You can go to Facebook and YouTube. Also, Juliet Jeske. And very quickly, I should give a shout out. I have just started a collaboration with Resolute Square. It's brand new. We're trying to promote each other a little bit. I'm on their YouTube channel. They're putting the podcast there for people who listen to podcasts on YouTube, which people actually do, believe it or not. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you at the next podcast, which will be tomorrow. Ha 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 ha. Kill me now.